0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, back with the fifth and final All-22 offense. We went through the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers, the tight ends, and today, the strength of this offense, the offensive line. They've been the most consistent, strongest group on this roster over the last two seasons, in my opinion. The second half of 18, Going into 19, they've been consistent. They've been durable. They've been pro Bowl, all pro-caliber down the line. You look at Costanzo, Nelson, Kelly, just really, really solid from top to bottom. The backups are a weakness. This is not one of our deepest position groups. I actually think it's funny because when you look at the offensive line, at least on the offensive side of the football, I think that it is the strongest group in terms of the starters, but I think it's the weakest group in terms of the depth. It's one area, and we've been talking about it. We talked about it in March with free agency. We talked about it in April with the draft. It's one area Chris Powell really hasn't addressed, and I think it is the Colts kryptonite now heading into 2020. This is a roster I love. I love this roster. But if Anthony Costanzo goes down, who's your left tackle? Is it LaRaven Clark? Because to have LaRaven Clark at left tackle with a 38-year-old quarterback who has absolutely no mobility – That's a scary thought. I think that's the Colts kryptonite, the backup offensive line. This is also an offensive line that did not miss a single start. Costanzo, Nelson, Kelly, Kluwinski, Smith. Each guy on this offensive line each starter started all 16 games in 2019 which is fantastic that's phenomenal that's also tough to duplicate to ask all five guys to start all 16 games two years in a row after finishing 2018 strong and healthy that's a lot to ask for that is asking for a lot but hopefully it doesn't come to that hopefully we remain healthy hopefully we get 16 games plus playoffs out of all five of these guys but if i had to find a weakness on this team ironically the weakness comes from our biggest strength which is the offensive line because god forbid god forbid anthony costanzo goes down god forbid quentin nelson goes down god forbid but let's get into the positive let's get into the starters unlike the quarterbacks the running backs the wide receivers the tight ends in those position groups i started from the bottom and i worked our way up to the top to the starter so from camp bodies to fringe roster cut guys to backups to starters, with the offensive line, we're going to start with the starters, and then we're going to get into the backups. Because besides LeRaven Clark, maybe one or two other names, Danny Pinter, not a lot of household names. So I don't want to bore you guys. We'll start with the starters, the strength of this team, the anchor: Castanzo, Nelson, Kelly, Glowinski, Smith. And then we'll get into the backups, who I think will make this roster, who will be practice squad material, who will get cut. So let's start off with the left tackle position. Anthony Costanzo, as solid as they come in 2019. I really don't think you could be better. I don't think you could play the left tackle position much better than Anthony Costanzo did last season. He has never been a Pro Bowler, which I think is a sin. I thought he got snubbed last year of not only a Pro Bowl, but an All-Pro in 2019. He did not miss a single snap. He was only penalized twice the entire season without missing a snap, only penalized two times, and only allowed 3.5 sacks, protecting a quarterback who held the ball all day and all night. Anthony Costanzo was fantastic in 2019 for the Colts. It's a damn shame, damn shame he didn't make the Pro Bowl last year. He contemplated retirement going into this offseason. Thank God he decided not to retire. That would have changed everything for the Colts. If Anthony Costanzo retires, we do not trade for DeForest Buckner. In my opinion, we stay put and we draft a tackle or we stay put and we do whatever. But I don't think we trade our first round pick this year for DeForest Buckner. So Anthony Costanzo not retiring could be the difference between us having a Pro Bowl caliber left tackle and all pro caliber defensive tackle. Because if Costanzo retires, there's a chance that we have, God knows who, maybe a rookie starting at left tackle, protecting a 38-year-old quarterback, and we don't have DeForest Buckner, one of the top three three three-techs in the NFL. So Costanzo coming back was huge for this team, a team in win-now mode with one of the top left tackles in the league. I think Anthony Costanzo, he might not be elite for his career because he's had his ups and downs, but from the second half of 2018 when he came back off that injury against the Jets – Up until today, he has been elite in my opinion. He's been a top five left tackle in this league. I'll debate anybody on that. He was as solid as they come in 2019. And playing next to Quentin Nelson didn't hurt him in that regard. Playing next to a left guard like Quentin Nelson... Coming into the league at 22 years old, back-to-back first-team All-Pro, his first two seasons in the NFL, 2018 as a 22-year-old, 2019 as a 23-year-old, Quinn Nelson is as solid as they come. And Nelson brought a toughness, a swagger, accountability to this offensive line room he made Anthony Costanzo better to his left he made Ryan Kelly better to his right he came in here he changed the culture he changed the swagger he changed the mentality of this offensive line which was awful god awful from 2012 to 2017 Nelson walks in the door different story different Anthony Costanzo at left tackle different Ryan Kelly at center and we've had one of the top offensive lines In the NFL, over the last two seasons, under the leadership of Quentin Nelson. He's made Anthony Costanza the player he has now evolved into. Because Costanza was here from 2011 up until 2017. He was not the weakest link, of course. He was still a solid, durable, accountable left tackle. But he was the best offensive lineman on one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. Now he's one of the best left tackles in the league on arguably the best offensive line in the league. And a lot of that is thanks to Quinn Nelson. Of course, also Frank Reich and Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni's offense and the scheme and everything else that goes into it. And of course, you have to credit Anthony Costanzo as well. But Quinn Nelson brought so much to this offensive line room. Two seasons, two-time first-team All-Pro. It's never been done by an offensive lineman. Quinn Nelson has come in and just changed so much so quick. He's so good so quick, and he's only 24 years old. He's actually, believe it or not, going to get better. Quinn Nelson is just scratching the surface of what he's going to be. We're talking about a Hall of Fame talent who took no time adjusting to the National Football League, coming out the gates at an all-pro level, right out the gates at an all-pro level. We're looking at a Hall of Fame career in the making with Quentin Nelson. So I can't say enough good things about him. The power, the strength, his ability to run block, his ability to protect the quarterback, his ability to help out and chip and get to the next level and run 50 yards downfield and be the first guy to help Marlon Mack up off the turf or run into the end zone with a wide receiver who runs four five. I mean, this guy is unbelievable. You couldn't ask for a better teammate, a better team guy, a better leader than Quentin Nelson. Quinn Nelson has checked every box and you look down the line at his negatives. He doesn't have one. I mean, there's not a negative I could think of with Quinn Nelson, especially because he's only scratching the surface, which is so scary for every team. If I'm a defensive tackle for the Jaguars, the Titans, the Texans, and I have to go up against this guy for the next 10 plus years, I'm crapping my pants because he's only going to get better. We've seen what he's been able to do. I mean, this guy puts highlight tapes together as a guard. He has a highlight tape of pancakes, just burying guys, getting to the next level. There's nothing this guy can't do. They said you don't draft guards in the top 10. Well, I think Quentin Nelson has changed that narrative. I think the next time a team sees a Quentin Nelson caliber blue chip elite generational talent in the top 10, They won't think twice, and they'll think, I could get myself the next Quentin Nelson. Unfortunately, though, for those teams drafting in the top 10, there might not be another Quentin Nelson for a very, very long time, because you're talking about a generational, once every 20, 25, 30 years in Quentin Nelson. And then the way he makes Anthony Costanza better, he also makes the guy to his right better. And that is center Ryan Kelly. Pro Bowler last year in 2019. One issue with Kelly throughout the course of his career has been the injuries. But last year, stayed healthy. Played in all 16 games for the Colts. Started all 16 games for the Colts as all five of these guys in our starting lineup on the offensive line did last season. He is one of the most athletic centers in the NFL, maybe the most athletic center in the NFL. And like Quinn Nelson doesn't really have too many negatives. The biggest knock on Ryan Kelly up until this point has been the injuries wasn't an issue last year. So if Ryan Kelly could stay healthy, if this line could stay healthy and they just continue to gel and get better and better as we saw from 2018 to 19, and we saw a downgrading quarterback And the offensive line just kept doing their thing, kept doing their thing. We ran the ball last year, probably better than we did in 2018. Marlon Mack went up for over a 1,000 yards, and we did it without being able to stretch the field vertically from the quarterback position. So just down the line, boom, boom, boom. Costanzo, Pro Bowl caliber left tackle. Quentin Nelson, first team All-Pro left guard. And then Ryan Kelly, Pro Bowl center. And I thought he was All-Pro caliber. So from left to right, Costanzo, Nelson, Kelly, there's not a weak link. Up until that point, our weakest link on the offensive line, as far as the starters go, would be the right guard, Mark Lewinsky. Now, Mark Lewinsky is not a bad right guard by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think he's a bad guard. I thought he was really solid for the Colts when he stepped in after Slauson went down in 2018. So I like Mark Lewinsky. Is he a Pro Bowl guy? No. Is he an all-pro? Of course not. No. He's not a guy who's going to be decorated at any point in his career, but he's a solid NFL player. He is a good weak link. If you're going to have a weak link, if somebody on your offensive line is going to be the worst one, somebody has to be the worst. Every offensive line in the league has a best Quinn Nelson, a worst. Mark Lewinsky for Mark Lewinsky to be the worst offensive line on this line though I do think it speaks volume to how good this offensive line is because if you go back to 2012 13 14 15 if you put Lewinsky on any of those offensive lines he would have been the second best behind Anthony Costanzo and Costanzo at that time was nowhere near as good as he is today playing next to Quentin Nelson so Lewinsky the weakest link we have our issues penalties giving up sacks but He's hidden. It's probably the least important position out of the five, the right guard spot, and he's not awful. If you go back to 2012, 13, 14, those lines were awful. Those lines had players who I would categorize as awful. We have some backup offensive linemen on this roster who I would categorize as awful. Mark Lewinsky takes a lot of criticism and takes a lot of slack because You can't give Anthony Costanzo crap. You can't give Quinn Nelson crap. You can't give Ryan Kelly crap. You can't give Braden Smith crap. So if you have a problem with this offensive line, if we give up a sack, if we're having penalties, it's probably going to fall on the shoulders of Mark Lewinsky. But that's because he's surrounded. And they also make his job easier. So you have to give them credit for that. And you have to give Mark Lewinsky credit you know, you have to knock him down a peg because he's playing next to such great players. And if you put him in 2012, 13, 14, he's playing next to guys who are working at Walmart and target now, then yeah, he probably would have been one of them. And our offensive line in 2012 would have been just as bad as it was. If Glowinski was playing right guard at the time. But as far as this line goes, yeah, he's our weakest link, but every offensive line has a weakest link. I think Glewinski is one of the best weakest links in the NFL if that makes any sense. And then next to him at the right tackle spot, we have Brayden Smith, who's been really good for the Colts over the first two years of his career. He was the third pick for the Colts in the 2018 draft. So we go first team all pro Quinn Nelson, first team all pro Darius Leonard, everyday starter, Right tackle Braden Smith, and we drafted him as a guard out of Auburn. He comes into Indy. We need him to make the switch and play tackle. He does it almost seamlessly, which he deserves a ton of credit for. Is the starter in the second half of 2018, and then is the starter the entire 2019 season? Doesn't miss a start in 2019. So Smith, really solid. The sky is, as Chuck Pagano would say, the sky is the limit for Braden Smith. So. You look at a player like Quinn Nelson, he's just scratching the surface. Well, so is Braden Smith. Braden Smith is only going to get better and better and better. Third year now, out of Auburn, playing a different position, bouncing outside to the tackle spot. So I really, really like this offensive line as far as the starters go. This is not earth-shattering. This is not breaking news. Everybody knows I've been a big fan of this group from Costanzo to Smith left to right, right down the line. Yes, Glowinski could be upgraded and eventually will be upgraded, but for the time being, he's not going to kill you. You're not going to go from a 12-win team to an 8-win team because of Mark Lewinsky. So Glowinski is the weakest link, but he is the weakest link on a very, very, very strong fence, if you will, in this offensive line that has done a great job protecting the quarterback the last year and a half, has done a great job opening up running lanes. You go back to the way we just beat the snot out of the Kansas City Chiefs on the road last year with a backup quarterback in Jacoby Brissett. We ran the ball down their throats. We kept Patrick Mahomes on the sideline and we bullied that front seven. They go on to win the Super Bowl. And we went into their house on Sunday Night Football and we dominated the game from the point of attack and it started with our offensive line. So the starting five, one of the best offensive line units in the National Football League. However, on the flip side, the depth, is weak the depth needed to be upgraded this offseason I actually thought the depth got worse because we lost Joe Haig. we lost Josh Andrews so we lost a lot on the bench we didn't need the reserves last year because the starting five stayed healthy but that's gonna be tough to duplicate to get all five starters on the offensive line to start every game in back-to-back years to get 32 consecutive games out of all these guys and they finish that 2018 season strong and healthy So you'd be asking these guys to not miss a game in two and a half years dating back to the end of 2018. So that is a lot to ask for. And it's funny because you look at the other positions on this offense, you look at the running back position, really, really solid from top to bottom. From Marlon Mack all the way down to our weakest link in Jordan Wilkins it's solid. If you needed to rely on Wilkins for a couple games, I think he'd be able to produce at a very high level behind this offensive line in this Frank Reich offense. So I think the running back position, top to bottom, is deeper and more solid than the offensive line because our weakest link, and I'm not talking about the weakest link in the starting five like Lewinsky, I'm talking about if, God forbid, Raven Clark needed to come in for Anthony Costanzo, that is kryptonite to this Colts team but you look at the running back position Marlon Mack might not be Saquon Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott and I think he's a really solid running back I think he's a really good running back I think Jonathan Taylor is a great prospect but Jonathan Taylor hasn't played in an NFL game yet Marlon Mack is not Saquon Barkley he's not Derrick Henry he's not Christian McCaffrey so I really like Marlon Mack but he's not the cream of the crop our starting offensive linemen are the cream of the crop Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Anthony Costanzo, they're the cream of the crop in terms of elite talent, elite offensive line play from our starters. The backups, however, are not very good at all in contrast to the running back position where the starter is not elite, but the backups are solid. Where you could plug in Jordan Wilkins, our fourth string running back from Marlon Mack, and the drop-off is not that great because last year, Jonathan Williams came in and ran for 220 yards and a touchdown in a five-day span from Sunday to Thursday Night Football. Same thing with the wide receiver position. Top to bottom, I think we're really solid. I think we're really deep. If Fountain or Patman or Johnson become the sixth wide receiver on this depth chart, that means we're really solid one through six. But T.Y. is not one of the top five wide receivers in this league. We're probably going to start, in my opinion, Michael Pittman Jr. out wide. And that means we're starting a guy with zero NFL experience. As one of our wide receivers if paris campbell starts in the slot we have a player who's coming off three surgeries from last year so there's some question marks so i really like the wide receiver position top to bottom but the starters aren't the best in the league but the depth i think makes the wide receiver core in its totality top to bottom one of the best in the league from a depth standpoint which is the opposite of the offensive line because i think the starters are elite but i think the depth Makes the offensive line as a whole, top to bottom, one through 10 or one through 11, however many we carry, a weaker position group because they don't have the depth. So let's get into the tackle position. Obviously, Anthony Costanzo, you're starting left tackle. Braden Smith, you're starting right tackle. So let's start off with Brandon Hintner. He's six foot six, 300 pounds. Entering his second year, no NFL experience. He was on the Rams practice squad in 2019. He's only 25 years old, but he's never played in an NFL game. So as you go down the line, we do have six backup tackles at the moment. I want guys with NFL experience. So Hittner, no NFL experience. Travis Van Cal, same thing, 6'5", 300 pounds, so about the same size as Hittner, 24 years old, so one year younger. Was on the Redskins practice squad. Both guys undrafted free agents last year. Hittner, Rams practice squad, Travis came off the Redskins practice squad, neither guy has played a game in the NFL. Then we have Cedric Long, who is 6'9", 255 pounds, so light for his size, for his height. At 6'9", you would expect 3'10", 3'15", 320, only 255, so he's almost like a tall tight end. At 255, 28 years old, has bounced around from practice squad to practice squad. No NFL game experience. So another guy, 28 years old, six foot nine, seems to me to be more like a project player who's floated around the league from practice squad to practice squad because every coach thinks, "Ooh, six foot nine, I could take him under my wing, I could develop him, I could turn him into a serviceable NFL player." Hasn't happened up until this point. He's 28 years old, been bouncing around three, four, five years. I don't see it for this guy. I don't think he makes this roster. The first guy I think who has a chance is Carter O'Donnell. Six foot five, 313 pounds, 21 years old, comes from Canada, went to college in Alberta, undrafted free agent in 2020, was drafted in the CFL draft, undrafted in the NFL draft, Colts signed him. So this is a guy a lot of people like. I think Zach Hicks did a piece on him. If you guys want to go read that, if you want a little bit more in-depth detail about O'Donnell. I think he thinks that O'Donnell is going to make this roster as one of the undrafted guys. And it's funny because this roster is so deep. This roster is so good at so many positions. We're going to have a couple of undrafted guys who I think have a chance, like two, three, four guys who I think have a chance to make this roster, which is funny because you look at it and you're like, wow, they're deep at receiver. They're deep at running back. They're deep at quarterback. They're deep here. They're deep there. Yeah, they're you know, linebacker. But we have a couple of undrafted guys that I think can make this roster. So Carter O'Donnell is the first one only 21 years old so a project guy if you do cut him you really want to get him back to the practice squad because you could work with him as a 21 year old and then again i say this podcast after podcast with the coronavirus if there is a situation if there is a rule where you're allowed to carry 60 players it opens the door for guys like this fringe roster guys who are right there on the bubble 50 sixth player 57th player they're gonna have a chance to make the roster if we expand it from 55 to 60 65 I couldn't really see them carrying much more than 65 but 65 plus the practice squad I think that Carter O'Donnell will remain in the organization if we're able to get him back to the practice squad if we cut him but there's also a good chance he makes the roster the next guy La Raven Clark six foot five 311 pounds he was a third round pick by Ryan Grigson in the 2016 draft. this will be his fifth season with the Colts he has made 12 starts so he is one of the more I don't want to say like polished but he's one of the more experienced backups we have in the O line room I think we really wanted to keep him around for the familiarity he has with the coaches, with the players, because we lost Joe Haig, we lost Josh Andrews. LaRaven Clark was a free agent. We re-signed him to a one-year, $1.2 million contract. So Andrews goes, he thinks he's going to become a starter. Haig goes, he thinks he's going to become a starter. And I think Ballard just wanted to keep one of the guys around to just have a little bit of familiarity with the backups in the O-line room. So I think that's where the contract came for Raven Clark. He is not very good. In those 12 starts, he was not very good. He is a weak link. You do not want to see him start for Anthony Costanzo. You do not want to see him start for Braden Smith. But he is on this roster. I think there is a very good chance. I think he makes this roster. I really do. I think he makes this roster. He made it last year. He made it the last couple years when our O-line was really good, really deep. So yes, I think he makes this roster. And then the last guy... Andrew Donald, I don't know how much better he is than LaRaven Clark. We liked him a little bit more coming out of college, coming out of Iowa. Six foot six, three hundred and sixteen pounds, twenty-eight years old, fourth round pick in 2015 by the Rams. So he's played in the league. He started some games, played for the Rams, played for the Ravens, played for the Lions, played for the Dolphins, has made six starts, but hasn't made a start since 2016. So You look at Raven Clark, you look at this guy, Donald, and you kind of just see the same thing, like journeymen kind of guys, even though Raven Clark has been a cult for five years. Journeymen level, back end of the roster guys, they have a little bit of starting experience, nothing crazy. Donald hasn't started a game since 2016, so we're going on five years removed now from the last time he started a game in the National Football League. Played for the Ravens, Lions, and Dolphins the last three years without starting a game. So... Definitely nervous about the backup tackle situation. Definitely nervous. If there's an opportunity for the Colts to get a veteran who gets cut from somewhere, wants to come in, maybe Jason Peters. I think he retired, but he has a connection with Frank Reich back to his Philadelphia days when Reich was his offensive coordinator. So maybe just an idea just to throw something out there. He could come in and play the Slauson role that we saw a couple years ago with Matt Slauson as like a veteran guy who's coming in. Almost like a player, coach, but there for depth purposes. So if I'm looking at this tack room, I have to pick three. I really hope we add a tackle. Right now, I would go LaRaven Clark, Donnell, O'Donnell. I think you could order them in different ways. I would really, really like to sign another tackle because I'm not confident in those three guys at this moment. I don't know if we carry three backup left tackles, but... LaRaven Clark also could play guard. So we have him right now in the depth chart as guard slash tackle. I think he's a lock to make this roster as long as he stays healthy. So he's one of those guys. He's a lock to make the roster. He could play inside or outside. He could play two positions, guard, tackle. So I think he's safe. And then I think whether it be one more spot or two more spots for Donald and O'Donnell to compete for. At the guard position, we have three guards on the roster as backups. In addition to LaRaven Clark, who could play tackle or guard, we'll consider him a tackle for the time being, to back up Quinn Nelson and Mark Lewinsky. So the first guy we'll talk about, Jake, and bear with me on the last name, Duran Camp. He's 6'5", 300 pounds, undrafted back in 2017. He's bounced around from practice squad to practice squad. Rams, Browns, Patriots, signs of the Colts practice squad last year in 2019 was elevated to the roster towards the end of the season never saw any in-game action he could play guard or center at 6'5 300 so he has a little bit of position flexibility there inside in the interior positions at guard or center i don't see this guy making the roster he's been undrafted now and been bouncing around from practice squad to practice squad the last couple of years but no in-game nfl experience the next guy chaz green six foot five 318 pounds He's 28 years old. He was a third-round pick for Dallas back in 2015. He's played for the Cowboys, the Saints, the Raiders, and last year in 2019, he was on the Broncos practice squad. In his career, he has started seven games, six for Dallas back in the 2016 and 17 seasons. So he started six games on a very, very good offensive line. For the Cowboys a few years back so he has NFL game experience and he has experience on a really good offensive line so it'd kind of be like if Mark Lewinsky was a free agent and signed somewhere as a backup and a team was looking at him on a podcast and they were like oh this guy started for the Colts offensive lines when they were really really good now this Chaz Green guy was not the reason they were really good but He did start games on those good offensive lines, and he has experience, and that's what I'm looking for with these backup guys. I'm not going back and watching film on Chaz Green. Most of these guys, like the Jake Ender, whatever, camp, can't even find film on him, like these practice squad guys. So unlike the other positions where we pretty much know every guy we're talking about, with these guys, we're doing research, so you guys don't have to do the research, but most of them, there's really not anything on. Like A lot of these back-end practice squad offensive linemen, there's really nowhere to find any information on them, and it's impossible to find game film because a lot of these guys went to small schools or they came out of nowhere. They're project players and stuff like that. The next guy, this guy definitely making the roster, in my opinion, and we have a full podcast on him from his draft recap. If you guys want to go back to draft player profile, if you want to we'll go back and listen to that podcast, and that's Danny Pinter, six four, three 306 pounds. I think he will be our main backup Guard for the 2020 season. He's inexperienced though, never played in an NFL game, so you do want some experience in that position. Maybe Chaz Green has that experience and outplays Pinter, and Pinter does make the roster, but he makes the roster and he has to back up Green, who backs up Nelson and Glow because Pinter has never played in the NFL and he's a converted tight end, fifth round pick by the Colts in the 2020 draft. So If you guys want more information on Danny Pinter, we did our full breakdown back in April. I'll link that podcast below so you guys can check that out. But Danny Pinter is a guy who, in my opinion, will definitely make the roster, graded out as a phenomenal athlete coming into the draft. Coach drafted him in the fifth round. So I think he makes the roster. And if you guys want more information on him, check out that other podcast. So if I had to pick two guards two backup guards to make this roster, I would go Green and Pinter. In Green, you have some experience. In Pinter, you have upside potential. You have a prospect. You have a guy who you could develop and work with over the next couple years. And if I could only pick one guard because LaRaven Clark plays tackle and guard, I would pick Pinter. I would pick Pinter, and then you have LaRaven Clark to also play guard if you need another one, if we only carry one backup guard in addition to LaRaven Clark. At the backup center spot, we only have one currently on the roster. I think one of those other practice squad caliber guys that I talked about before could play a little bit of center if you needed him to, but he won't make the roster. So we have one backup center currently on the roster, and that is Javon Patterson, three, three 310 pounds, 22 years old, so very young, turns 23 this week. So happy birthday to Javon Patterson, who had a tough year last year. He was a seventh-round pick out of Ole Miss in 2019, Tore his ACL in June, so that's the rookie mini camp or the OTA period. We missed all that this year with the coronavirus, but he got hurt very, very early last year following the draft. So my heart goes out to him because that sucks. Like you get drafted, you get drafted late seventh round. You're gonna fight, you're gonna scrap to make a roster, and then you tear your ACL. So Patterson's a guy I'm rooting for. Old Miss guy. Ballard drafted him last year, so hopefully. He makes this roster. If he doesn't make this roster, I don't know what we're going to do with the backup center spot because right now we don't have another guy on the roster. So if I could only pick one center, one backup center to make it, it would have to be Javon Patterson because there's no other backups on this roster to choose other than Patterson. So taking a look at the depth chart, the guys I actually think will make the roster, starting at tackle, Anthony Costanzo on the left, Braden Smith on the right with backups Carter, Donnell, O'Donnell. At the guard position, Quinn Nelson starting on the left. Glowinski starting on the right. Backups, Green and Pinter. And then at the center position, your starting center, Ryan Kelly. Backup, Patterson. So right now, in my opinion, we're going to carry, at least here on paper, I got 11 offensive linemen. I don't know if it'll be 9. I don't know if it'll be 10. I don't know if it'll be 11. 11. But what I know is these are the 11 guys at least battling. So if there's two tackle spots, two backup tackle spots up for grabs, I think Carter, Donald, O'Donnell will battle for those two spots. If there's one guard spot in addition to Clark having the position flexibility to also play guard, it'll be between Pinter and Green. I think Patterson will make the roster as the backup center. And then... Anybody else I talked about, I think will be cut. But this offensive line position is very interesting because the starters are really, really good. The backups, not so good. Not a lot of experience there with the backup old linemen. But as long as the starters stay healthy, this is a strong, cohesive unit that's gelled over the last year and a half. And there's a lot of upside. Quinn Nelson, only going to get better. Ryan Kelly, only going to get better. Braden Smith, only going to get better. Costanzo probably on the back end, but still in his prime. Glowinski is the first guy we're going to have to probably find a replacement for because Mark Glowinski is the weakest link on this O-line, and Chris Ballard looks to improve this roster 365 days a year. So, love the starters. A little bit scared of the backups, but there's still time. There's going to be other guys cut from around the league. Ballard is just so good at the waiver wire picking guys up finding guys on practice squads I could have completely bypassed a backup tackle today who Chris Ballard sees something in and our coaching staff is able to develop into something but it's hard to tell right now because a lot of these guys we haven't seen we haven't seen training camps, so their practice squad fringe roster cuts that we just don't know too much about and it's tough to do too much research on these guys who have never played NFL games before so That is the offensive line position. That wraps up the offense, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and offensive line. You guys could check it out on the offensive line playlist on YouTube. You could also check it out on Spotify, iTunes. You could check it out on Apple Podcasts. You could check it out on Google Play, on Radio.com, on iHeartRadio. We're all over the place now on all your favorite podcasting streaming sites So go subscribe to us, follow us, like us, retweet us, share us, help us out because we're grinding and we're trying to make this podcast the best Colts podcast it could possibly be. Jason will be back tomorrow to wrap up the defense with the safety position right here on the For the Culture Podcast.